So we're going to turn to Psalm 19. It was uh, funny enough, we sang this song during the prayer meeting, which I thought was really cool. Um, I thought I'd never heard it before, but we did do it one time. Uh, we did it one time for Vacation Bible School. We learned that song. A guy in our church introduced it to us, so I thought that was kind of cool. Alright, Psalm 19. We're just going to go ahead and read through this whole psalm this morning. <clears throat> so Psalm 19 says, The heavens declare the glory of God, and the firmament showeth his handiwork. Day unto day uttereth speech, and night unto night <clears throat> showeth knowledge. There is no speech nor language where their voice is not heard. Their line is gone out through all the earth, and their words to the end of the world. In them hath he set a tabernacle for the sun, which is as a bridegroom coming out of his chamber, and rejoiceth as a strong man to run a race. His going forth is from the end of the heaven, and his circuit unto the ends of it, and there is nothing hid from the heat thereof. The law of the Lord is perfect, converting the soul. The testimony of the Lord is sure, making wise the simple. The statutes of the Lord are right, rejoicing the heart. The commandment of the Lord is pure, enlightening the eyes. The fear of the Lord is clean, enduring forever. The judgments of the Lord are true and righteous altogether. More to be desired are they than gold, yea, than much fine gold, sweeter also than honey and the honeycomb. Moreover, by them is thy servant warned, and in keeping of them there is great reward. Who can understand his errors? Cleanse thou me from secret faults. Keep back thy servant also from presumptuous sins. Let them not have dominion over me. Then shall I be upright and I shall be innocent from the great transgression. Let the words of my mouth and the meditation of my heart be acceptable in thy sight, O Lord, my strength and my Redeemer. Let's pray real quick, and we'll jump right in. Heavenly Father, thank you for this time that you've given us this morning. Thank you for the opportunity to open your word, and God, I believe truly we've been blessed already just reading through that. Um, it's an awesome thing. We've been blessed in the singing and the fellowship. Uh, we're praying, God, that you're welcome here this morning, Father, that our hearts are right before you, God, and that we're um, just here to learn and grow and to be more like you, Father, that we're open to what you might have for us this morning. Father, teach us, bless the time that we have, be it for the Tim um, in the discipleship class, Father, be it for the Josh here uh, in the next hour in the junior church, God, and be it for Pastor um, and his family as they're away, and he'll be preaching this morning as well, here in just a few hours, God, I pray that you be with him and, and just bless that effort there as well. Thank you again for your goodness and your love. And we ask these things in Jesus' name. Amen. <clears throat> All right, Psalm 19. Um, I love this psalm. I've, I've preached this psalm a few times. Um, I, really, I really enjoy this psalm a lot. It's always one that I come back to when I just feel like I need something out of the book. You know, I just feel like, Lord, I just need something. Psalm 19 is a good one to come back to and just read, and I'm thankful for it. Um, and I'm thankful for it because it helps helps me to get my mind back on focus. Helps me to get my mind thinking right again. How many of you can agree? You can raise your hand. There's just a few of us in here, so don't be shy. But how can we? How many of you can agree this morning that you you appreciate when things in life do what they're supposed to do? Raise your hand. Um, I think we could all agree. I don't know anyone that that doesn't. I wouldn't like to get up here and, and put this lapel on and then. You know, it just stops working, and I'm like, man, I just that was great. I'm so glad that this isn't working right now, and I, I took the time to put this on. Um, you know, um, you know, the event. Anyone ever gone to a, a vending machine and 
you put you know a dollar in there, or I don't know, three dollars now, whatever it is, right? Um, if you get your Milky Way or whatever it is, Milky Ways are pretty good. And you know, it comes to the end and it stops, and you're just like, oh, see if there's anyone around. I'm about to kick this thing, right? Um, it'd be great if it just came out, right? Like Brother Eric's doing, you know, it'd be, it'd be great if it just came out like, like it was supposed to do. Um, maybe a coworker or even a manager. Man, if they would just do what they're supposed to do, it would sure make life a lot easier around here, right? Or maybe you're that coworker that needs to do what you need to do, right? Perhaps it could be that too. You know, microwave that doesn't heat your food. Well, I'd love three minutes later for it to still be cold as soon as I open that up and take it out, right? I don't think any of us really appreciate when those things happen. <laughs> These things can be very annoying and sometimes even frustrating, right? I mean, Pastor Chad trying to get all this stuff ready on a Sunday morning, you know, some of those days when everything just isn't going the way it should go, like, oh, man, those are, those are rough days, right? So that Chad leaves, he's probably thinking, this place is going to burn to the ground. Nope, we got it. So far, so good, Pastor Chad, right? We're going to take care of it. We can, whew, Right? We're hoping things just go the way they're supposed to, right? And, um, you know, it's great when, when that happens. Uh, you know, but I'm just going to go ahead and lay the crux of the message out right here at the front. So I'll, I'll give it to you now, and then we'll explain some things. But don't clock out on me. But, um, you know, mankind, you and I have the propensity to neglect the duties that we have to honor God in our lives. We don't always do what we're supposed to do, right? And uh, to God, it can be frustrating. Um, we were created for a certain reason, right? Just like the man who created that vending machine or the person who created those things, right? There's a purpose there. Um, and it was it was created with the intention that it would, it would do what it's supposed to do. And same with us. <clears throat> we created for a reason. We were born into sin. We have a natural bend to operate against God's design for our lives, right? Like they say about, you know, kids, you don't teach them to lie. You don't teach them to fight. You don't teach them to be rude to each other, right? My kids um, did not wake up and just say, oh yeah, you can take that toy. I would, love for, I would love for you to have that. That's great. Yes, please do. Take another one of mine. That'd be lovely. I'd be like, what is going on? Right? They don't naturally do that. They naturally want things for themselves. They're naturally rude to each other. They say things that aren't right. That's just, it's natural, right? It's, it's inside of them. We have a natural bend to go against God's design for our lives. And much like these trivial things in our lives that we talk about, um, it can be frustrating to our Lord even when we don't operate how we're supposed to, how God intended us to. So let's look at some of these verses and, and, and break some of this down this morning. So Psalm 19 verse 1 says, The heavens declare the glory of God, and the firmament showeth his handiwork. So even going back to Genesis 1 and those first seven days of creation and where God rested on the last day there, um, those things declared the glory of God. He made them, and that's what they do. The heavens declare the glory of of God, and his firmament showeth his handiwork. They credit to him um, what he's done. Day unto day uttereth speech, and night unto night showeth knowledge. So it doesn't matter when it is. It doesn't matter if it's today, tomorrow, in the morning, or at night. Anytime you go outside and observe creation and look around you, God's glory is being declared. Um, it is. Because you can go out today, and you can look at a, at a tree, and you could know this tree is doing nothing else than declaring God's glory. Right? It is. It certainly is. Up in Oregon, beautiful, right, where we, we came from. Uh, some of the mountains there, or Crater Lake, which, weirdly enough, I never got to go see, um, but it is, it is beautiful from the pictures I've seen, right? But the coast, right, the Pacific Ocean, just breathtaking, absolutely beautiful. You know, and, and anytime I've been there, you know, with my wife and kids, and we just sit there and, and look out at, at the ocean, it's just, it's just breathtaking. Some of the mountains, the greenery, everything, it's just like, wow, it's just so incredible, and what it does is it just, it speaks of, of God. It speaks of who he is and his majesty and how he's able to 
to make these things. It's incredible. <clears throat> day unto day uttereth speech, and night unto night showeth knowledge. They're again accrediting to God his greatness and what he's done. There is no speech nor language where their voice is not heard. I like that verse too. Um, when you talk about creation, it's everywhere. It's not like here in America is the only place where our God's creation declares his glory. You can go anywhere, anywhere in the world, and you'll see God's creation at work. And what does it do? Same thing. It declares his glory. You know, I was, it's, you know, I grew up in a family. My dad was, is Mexican, and uh, he didn't speak a lot of Spanish. You know, maybe, maybe sometimes when he was mad, he might say something or two. I don't know what he's saying. You know, um, but so I didn't, I didn't learn that way. I've been in school, took a lot. But anyway, I say that to say this, that I've never been outside and heard any kind of creation speak. Now, if you have heard something, like if you've heard a tree or a mountain talk to you, don't listen, <laughs> first of all, right? There's something going on. It doesn't happen, right? Um, and if it does, it's not, it doesn't speak a certain language, okay? The trees in America don't say, hey, how's it going? You know, much like the trees in Mexico don't say, like, que pasa and stuff like that, right? It's just, it's just not how it is. Super silly, right? Um, but really, there is no speech nor language where their voice is not heard. It doesn't matter who you are, where you grow up. When you look around at creation, it all points back um, to God. And it, again, it credits him. It, it, it gives him glory for, for the creation because it's a, it's a created thing. It doesn't matter where you are, um, you're going to hear or see God's glory all around you. Verse 4 says, Their line has gone out through all the earth, and their words to the end of the world. In them, all this creation, hath he set a tabernacle for the sun. Oh man, the sun is just another one of those things that's very frustrating sometimes. Uh, it's the most, in my opinion, it's the most glorious thing that you could probably see here on earth, but you can't look at it, right? Because it's, don't look at it, right? It's, it's so bright. As a kid, I used to, you know, try, I'm sure everyone has, you put sunglasses on and then you try, you know, and it's frustrating because it's so glorious and it's so bright and you want to be able to look at it, but, but you can't. And you're just thinking this, this sun is so, so amazing. You look at the vastness of space and all these things and, and all of God's creation is just so wonderful. It says, which is as a, a bridegroom coming out of his chamber and rejoiceth as a strong man to run a race. His going forth is from the end of the heaven and his circuit into the ends of it. And there is nothing hid from the heat thereof. Now it's just trying to paint this picture that God's creation really is all around us. And there's no way you're going to get away from it. At the end of the day, right, we're standing on this earth and we're able to view God's creation and what he's done and his goodness. And it's magnificent. It's absolutely wonderful. And that's not even just, I mean, this is talking more about the nature, but even like the animals and things like that, just wonderful. We just went to the, um, the zoo not too long ago. The first time my kids ever went to a zoo, I should show you a video of Judah. He was, he was just, man, he was so excited to go to that zoo. And we only got like maybe a third of it, a fourth of it done, several hours there. And we hit one little section and I was looking at the map and I was like, man, we didn't do hardly any of it. You know, so we're going to have to go back again. But, you know, even some of those animals that, that Lord's created, it's absolutely spectacular. Judah was very excited about the sloth. We found, it was his favorite animal, so we, we found the sloth, and he was, he was all excited, right? Some creatures, some creatures, you're kind of thinking, like, Lord, why'd you make that one, <laughs> right? Perhaps sometimes the sloth, I'm like, oh, <laughs> right? But God knew what he was doing, and it's, it's beautiful, all of his creation. So these first six verses here talk just about that. They talk about nature. They talk about what God's created. And if you look at all these verses, it talks about how all of them declare the glory of God. They're constantly doing what God has called them to do. There's, there's, never, there's not an animal or something that God created out there that does not attribute glory back to God because he made them. And that's just the fact of the matter. 
They do. They give God that glory. Verse 7 switches a little bit, and now he talks about the Word of God and how the Word of God declares the glory of God. So look at verse 7 with me. It says, The law of the Lord is perfect, converting the soul. The testimony of the Lord is sure, making wise the simple. The statutes of the Lord are right, rejoicing the heart. The commandment of the Lord is pure, enlightening the eyes. The fear of the Lord is clean, enduring forever. The judgments of the Lord are true and righteous altogether. Now these words in here, testimonies, um, judgments, statutes, all these things are uh, different terminologies for the Word of God. I don't know if many of you have seen or noticed, but if you read over Psalm 119, I think of all the many verses, there's only a couple in there that don't use some version of the word um, testimony, statute, something that's talking about God's Word, right? Just, it's all over. It's all over the place. And in this chapter here, Psalm 19, um, going through these verses, it's exactly what it does. The law of the Lord in verse 7 is perfect, converting the soul. The testimony of the Lord is sure, making wise the simple. Well, what is that doing? Again, it's crediting back to God that his word is sure, and its effects are, are constant, and they're helpful. Verse 8, the statutes of the Lord are right, rejoicing in the heart. The commandment of the Lord is pure, enlightening the eyes. So again, we continue to see the effects of God's word. The fear of the Lord is clean, enduring forever. The judgments of the Lord are true and righteous altogether. We take creation as a whole. We take God's word. And both of them were created for a certain reason. And they were created to give glory back to God. That's exactly what creation does. That's exactly what the animals do. That's exactly what God's word does. You're not going to find a verse in here that says something like, and God was unjust in this, or God is terrible, and if it says terrible, it's because it's the good way that you use the word terrible, right? Terrible in that he's awesome, and that he's powerful, and that he's all powerful, and his judgment is, is right, and his capabilities are vast. <clears throat> so creation declares the glory of God. His word declares the glory of God. And as we continue on these next verses, it kind of switches to us now, look at verse 11, or let's look at verse 10. It says, More to be desired are they than gold, yea, than much fine gold, sweeter also than honey and the honeycomb. Moreover, by them is thy servant warned, and in keeping of them is there a great reward. What is the biggest difference between God's creation, God's word, and us? Verse 11 through 14 talk about God's servant, right? It says here, moreover by them is thy servant warned, one who believes in God. What are we to assume about God's crowning creation? Us. What are we to assume about what God has created us for? Well, if we look at his natural creation and if we look at his word, then we can come to the assumption that we too are supposed to glorify God with our lives. We're to declare God's glory, just like those other things are. But what is the difference between those things and us? Well, the biggest difference is that we have a free will. We have the ability to choose. <clears throat> like we said earlier, a tree cannot grow and choose not to declare God's glory. No matter what or where it is, in its creation, it attributes credit and strength and power to God for, for what it is. We have a choice. 
unlike God's word that constantly declares God's glory, or unlike nature that constantly declares God's glory, we have a choice in the matter. Now, at the end of the day, I will say this. As God's crown and creation, no matter what, we do give glory to God in our bodies and who we are down here, of course. God made us. He made us. Um, we're fearfully and wonderfully made, right? We're made with compassion and grace, and, and we're God's crown and creation, and that's wonderful. But here's the, here's the deal, though. Much like creation and much like the Word of God, we are created that way, but we have a choice whether or not we're going to obey God and declare His glory in our own lives. That's the biggest difference. So again, just like those other things can be frustrating, our lives can frustrate our Lord. We can upset Him when we don't behave or declare the glory the way that we're supposed to be. And those things are described in these last few verses. Verse 11 says, Moreover by them is thy servant warned, and in keeping of them there is great reward. God's word is supposed to guide us and direct us and teach us how to behave. It gives us like the rules for this life. In the Proverbs in themselves, they're a great guidebook on how we ought to live day, day in and day out. Right? This word is supposed to guide us and, and keep us on the right path. It's supposed to keep us going the right direction. They warn us in many ways, and in keeping of them, there's great reward. Now, we could talk about what that might look like. It might look a little bit different for you than it will for me. It doesn't say in keeping of them, God's just going to give us all this stuff. It doesn't talk about material possessions or anything like that. But it does say great reward. And if we talk about God and what he's done for us, and there's a way to receive some kind of great reward from him, I'm interested, right? We should want that. <clears throat> we should want to stay away from those errors, and we should want to keep what the Word of God says that are true and right and just and all these things. So verse 12 says, Well, who can understand his errors? Cleanse thou me from secret faults. Now, some of us in here can say, Well, maybe there's something that you know I'm hiding in my life. Well, that's not necessarily what that's saying here, but it is talking about our ability to understand what God is asking of us and things that we might do um, in our lives that we weren't maybe aware of that were wrong or are sinful. Um, but this book, as we continually read it, we continually grow. And there's things that we're maybe not going to know were wrong that are wrong, or there's things that are going to be revealed to us. Who can understand his errors? You know, cleanse thou me from things that I've done that are wrong that maybe I wasn't sure of that are wrong. And help me to understand those. And as I learn those things, then help me to continually do what's right. Some of us come in on a Sunday morning like this and pastor preaches and he says, you know, thus saith the Lord and it speaks to your heart about something that you know is wrong that you thought, well, I wasn't really sure about that, but boy, the Bible really made that clear. Well, I really like that thing and I don't know that I'm actually going to give it up. But as you learn and as you grow and as the Lord speaks to you and teaches you things that are wrong, you ought to be willing to say and submit and say that is wrong and it is something I need to give up. Wasn't sure on that, but... That seems really clear out of the Scripture, and I feel the Holy Spirit of God convicting me that this isn't right. This is something I should get right, and you should be willing to, to grow and understand that there are things that maybe you're doing that you're not aware of that are wrong that are. But you can understand those things the more and more that you get in the Word of God. The more and more that you're here, the more that you allow yourself to be under the preaching and teaching of the Word of God, we can learn and we can grow. Cleanse thou me from those secret faults. Verse 13 takes a little bit of a turn here. It says, Keep back thy servant also from presumptuous sins. Now this is more like something that could be um, a little more like the, like the Bible terminology in some of the, the Hebrews talks about like high-handed, right? Like your fist is in the air, like you're shaking your fist at God about certain things, you know? Because one man could say, I wasn't sure that was wrong. I'm sorry about that. I'll make that right. Another person could say, 
well, if that's wrong, I don't care. I'm going to do whatever I want to do. And they kind of, you know, go like this to God, like, you can't tell me what to do, so I'm just going to do it. It's very presumptuous, right? It's very presumptuous. And there's, there's devastating, terrible things that people do um, just because they want to or they don't want to give it up, and they just don't care. And he's saying, keep me back from those kind of sins, the ones where I just say, it doesn't matter. I'm just going to do it because it's what I want to do. Man, that's a, that's a terrible place to be in, considering all that God has done for us in our lives. To just say, I know this is wrong, but I'm just going to do it. He says, keep back thy servant also from presumptuous sins, where I just say, I don't care, and I'm just going to do it. Let them not have dominion over me. So, you could, you could say then that as you seek to be presumptuous in your ways and just do what you want to do, a lot of times, I think we've all dealt with those kind of things before, they very very well can take dominion in our lives. They can take stronghold in our life. Um, and you shake your fist once at God, right, and you start going in sin, it gets harder and harder. Um, and before too long, you're wishing you never did that. You're wishing you never even just said, oh, I'm just going to do what I want to do. But it's better to understand that God knows what's best for you and to choose Him and not sin choose to live for God and not let those things come into your heart in the first place at all. Keep back thy servant also from presumptuous sins. Let not them have dominion over me. And he says this, then shall I be upright and I shall be innocent from the great transgression. Now, there's a lot of different um, things that I'll talk here about this great transgression and um, what, I've, what I've come to, at least from looking at this passage of scripture and how it how it builds, in my mind, if we read that verse one more time together, it says, Keep back thy servant also from presumptuous sins. Let not them have dominion over me. Then shall I be upright, and I shall be innocent from the great transgression. Um, it kind of ties into the message a little bit later. Um, that, that idea of that great transgression, being presumptuous, wanting your own way, he says, keep me away from that, because then I'll be innocent from the great transgression. And to me, that, that leads to, to this idea. The further, the more I choose to be presumptuous and say, I don't have to do that, the further I am away from God, and ultimately, that's the worst place you could be in. It's just a spot where you have no relationship with God, you just don't want anything to do with Him. You can call that the, the great transgression, right? Just want nothing to do with God. What could be worse than that? Keep me away from these presumptuous sins that will ultimately lead me completely away from you and having any kind of relationship with you. And uh, I urge you to look into that verse a little bit, too. Um, there's a lot that goes on with it. Um, but from what I can see here, those presumptuous sins that can have dominion over you will lead you far away from God. But if you choose to stay from those things, it says, I shall be upright and I shall be innocent from the great transgression. Being far away from God and doing something I ought not do. It's a terrible spot to be in. Verse 14. Let the words of my mouth and the meditation of my heart be acceptable in thy sight, O Lord, my strength and my redeemer. Now look at this. This is great. This is this is seriously great. Um, let's let's read verses eleven again, right down through fourteen, so we can kind of see this switch here happening. He says, "Moreover, by them, right by your word, your law, is thy servant warned, and in keeping of them there is great reward. Who can understand his errors? Cleanse thou me from secret faults." Keep back thy servant also from presumptuous sins. Let not them have dominion over me. Then shall I be upright, and I shall be innocent from the great transgression. 
right? So he's knowing and understanding what he has to do, right? He's seeing, okay, this is how I need to be. I need to, I need to learn more. I need to understand what God's word is requiring of me. I need to understand that there's things that I don't know I'm doing wrong that could be wrong. I need to understand that, that sin is so destructive that it can take control of my life and I can shake my fist at God and say, I'm going to do whatever I want. They can have dominion over me, but I, I need to not be there. I need not to let myself get there. And then in verse 14, it's like he, he gives this, this prayer. He offers up this prayer here, it seems like, where he says, God, let the words of my mouth and the meditation of my heart be acceptable in thy sight. Right? The position of your heart is so, is so important. Remember Psalm, um, I'm going to say 423 maybe, says, keep thy heart with all diligence, for out of it are the issues of life. Right, Your heart is so important. Let the words of my mouth and the meditation of my heart be acceptable in thy sight. O Lord, my strength and my redeemer. Is there anyone in here, you don't have to raise your hand this time, that would, that would offer up a more genuine prayer to God than, than that our hearts would be right before him and that what comes out of our mouth would be right. Well, why? Well, because the creation declares the glory of God. His word declares the glory of God. And we have a life on this earth too. And we're going to go out and we're going to say things that come out of this mouth that are going to come from in here. And what God wants of us is to do what we're created to do, to declare God's glory. And you can come in here and you can go out this week and you can tell people about Jesus. You can say those things. But I'm telling you right now, it matters what's in your heart. Because you can play a game with God and you don't want to do that. You want to make sure your heart is right. And you want to make sure it's in the right spot before God. So when you go out there to do exactly what God's called you to do, you're going to declare God's glory, and it's going to be from here. And it's going to be something that's acceptable to God. Because his creation does it, his word does it. You're his crowning creation, right? The Bible says that he spoke the worlds into existence, but it says he formed God, formed man with his hands. It was like there was a little bit more attention for the, God's crowning creation. And he gave us that free will. And he says now, Lord, let the meditation of my heart, the words that come out of my mouth, the meditation of my heart be acceptable in thy sight. O Lord, my strength and my redeemer. He had a mindset at this point where he says, God, I know what you're asking of me. I see creation. I hear your words, and I need to do the same. I was created for a reason. I ought to do what I'm supposed to do. Nobody likes when things don't do what they're supposed to do, much less God than a Christian, someone who, who says, I am your son. I am your representative. I am here as a tangible representation of the words and ways of God, and then I just don't do what I'm supposed to do. Too many Christians out there, too many people, I've had men at work who would say, I want nothing to do with you because I know what Christians are. And I'd say, well, you don't know me. You didn't give me a chance. It's that's okay. I've had too many Christians live a certain way, right? And they're, what are they doing? Well, it's like that vending machine that's not working, right? They're just not living the way Christians ought to live. And it's given a poor view of, of, of God is what it's doing. But us here today, we can know exactly what we're supposed to do. We, we know what God wants of us. But our prayer is not, God, let the words of my mouth and the meditation of my heart be acceptable. Some of us are in that state right now where we're living in presumptuous sin. Or where we're not willing to learn and grow about the sins that we're doing that we're not aware of. Many of us are taking this idea of free will and we're choosing to do what we want to do with it. And I'm telling you right now, that's the one difference between us and everything else God's created. Is that we have a choice to choose to obey or love God. Those other things don't. And what, is, what does the Bible say about the lilies? And it says that they're clothed, right? More than Solomon and, and all of his fine array. And you don't see creation out there, you know, God forsaking them. No, they do exactly what they're supposed to do every single time. And it's a wonderful thing. But what about us? Like, look how faithful God's creation is. Look how faithful his word is to himself. 
Look at how faithful everything God has made. He makes us, and he says, I'll give you a free will. Man messed it up, and now we're born into sin, and we have a bent to, to turn away from God and, and sin, and we deserve death, hell, and the grave, and all those things, but God sent his son to die for us, and we accept that. Gladly should we give ourselves completely over to do what God has asked us to do. You say, Brother Mike, well then it really doesn't sound like I have a choice in the matter, then if God's done this for me, it seems like my only choice is to serve him. I think you're I think you're right on there. Unless you can think of something that trumps what God has done for you in your life through sending his son to die on the cross for you, then maybe there is a choice to love something greater or give over to something else, but there's not. What God has done is the greatest thing that he could do for you. And accepting him into your heart means giving yourself over to him. It means doing what you're created to do. Giving glory to God. And the last little part here, this verse, and uh, we're going to be wrapping it up here shortly. So, <clears throat> Verse 14 says, Let the words of my mouth and the meditation of my heart be acceptable in, in thy sight, O Lord, my strength and my redeemer. Now, I don't want to assume that the Lord just tags on things like this or that David just penned my strength and my redeemer because it sounds good, right? You ever stop and think sometimes, you're like, oh, that just sounded fancy. Well, I think those words are penned for a reason. He says, my strength and my redeemer. He says, my strength, because he knows that that strength that God has for him is his ability to do what God has called him to do. He says, let the words of my mouth and the meditation of my heart be acceptable in thy sight, but can I do this? He says, but Lord, you are my strength. You are how I can do this. I'm able to do this because you are my strength. And he says, and my redeemer. And he says, not only are you my strength and my ability to be able to do this, you're the reason I do it. You're the cause for what I'm doing. So he says, Lord, if creation declares it, if, if your word declares it, and if truly I am supposed to declare it, and somehow I'm supposed to battle through the sin and all of these things and come out on top doing what you've called me to do, Here's my prayer. Let the words of my mouth and the meditation of my heart be acceptable in thy sight. O Lord, who will help me to do that? And O Lord, who is the reason I'm doing it in the first place? And you've got to understand that if you're here this morning and that's not your prayer, if you don't feel a stirring in your heart to want to declare the glory of God the way that you're supposed to, I urge you, take time this afternoon, <clears throat> take time throughout the day, go for a walk. Get some fresh air, some really cold air, <laughs> or something. Look at God's creation. The next time you see the trees and, and the leaves that are changing colors and falling to the ground, they're doing what they're supposed to do. I mean, they fall every year, right? Has there ever been like a winter where they're like, yeah, we didn't die this year. God made us to where we're supposed to, but we just chose not to because we have that choice. They don't do that. They do exactly what they're supposed to do every single time, and it gives God glory, and it's beautiful, and it's wonderful to see. But what about you and I? What are you doing today differently that you, you didn't do yesterday? Well, I served God yesterday, but today I just don't really feel like it. We do have a choice. We have a choice in the matter. But you know, as well as I know, that God wants us to declare his glory just like his creation does, just like his word does. It's very frustrating when things don't do what they're supposed to do. Let's not frustrate our Lord. But like David, like the psalmist here, let this be our prayer this morning that the words of our mouth and the meditation of our heart would be acceptable in God's sight, that we would acknowledge him as our strength, we would acknowledge him as the reason, and maybe outside of taking a walk, 
You see, in creation, you'll bring your Bible with you. You'll see that creation declares His glory. You open up that Bible, read Psalm 19, you'll see that His Word declares His glory. I would say go to the coast, but it's a little far from here. Go to the spot here in Nebraska, right? That's beautiful. Look at God's creation, open His Word, and then just ask yourself, God, am I declaring Your glory like Your Word is? Am I declaring Your glory like this beautiful creation is? And I bet you'll find the answer. I'll bet you know if you are or not, or if you're trying or not. I bet you'll know if you're if you're playing games with God, if you're being presumptuous. And if any of those sound like you, then take time to bow your head when you're out there <clears throat> and pray to God and say, God, I need to start doing what I've been called to do. And that's just give you glory in my life. And that's what I want to do. I'll tell you, there's nothing better than having that relationship with God where you just feel like you're right with Him. Where God can look down at you as a saved person, someone that he's redeemed, and he'll look down and he'll, he'll say, and he'll be pleased, and he'll we'll earn his smile, and he'll say, that's my son, he's doing exactly what I've called him to do. He's, he's doing the work, he's living for me, and it's a great thing. So if you're in that position today, great. If you're not, take time, go for a walk, open the word, pray to God, and attempt in your own heart and mind to be right with him and allow God to make that change in your life. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, thank you for this time. I thank you for the message we're able to open your word. And a, little, a little shorter than maybe it, uh, it should be this morning, God, get a little, little extra time, but I feel like the point was conveyed, God, and I just pray that you would help, um, help, help myself, Lord, help the men and women in here this morning uh, to really understand, God, that we were created for more than just our own pleasure, our own happiness, or whatever it is that we're living for today, whatever it is that we're choosing to live for instead of you, instead of declaring your glory, God, it's just not not worth it, God. Whatever it is, whether it's family, friends, you know, a loved one, a job, you know, whatever it might be, it's not as it's not as important as you, it's not as glorious as you, it's not as holy as you, Father. So I just pray that you'd help myself, help everyone here this morning to determine in their heart this morning that they would seek you today, that they would consider their position before you and ask themselves, Lord, am I seeking to give you glory like your creation is? Am I seeking to give you glory like your word is? And if not, God, I want to start. I want to be in that great relationship with you, God, and I want to declare your glory like I'm supposed to do. Thank you for the time we had this morning. I, again, I want to pray for the um, hour to come. We continue to be with Brother Sam as he's down there teaching, Lord, in the discipleship class, and again, be with our pastor. Thank you for um, his leadership, Father, and just, I just pray that you bring him back safe here in a few days, and that his family, God, and that he's just having a good time. We'll be with him as he preaches here in a little bit. We love you, and thank you, and ask these things on Jesus' name. Amen. All right, so it's 10.08, so it's a teeny bit early, but uh, you're dismissed. Maybe just be mindful if they're still teaching down there. <clears throat>